Hollywood Hoop Dreams aren't only made from magic, they also come in the form of original podcasts from the Hoop Ball Network. So if you're the Lakers zooming out, are you tempted to bring back DeMarcus Cousins in the playoffs? And do you disrupt the dynamic at that point if he's healthy enough to play? Join Ethan, JC, and the thriving Lakers community around the world to talk about all things Lakers. The Lakers this season has come to expect of this team is consistent winning. That is something we have not been able to say since I've seen Andrew Bynum in a Lakers uniform. The show is available everywhere pods are found and you can follow the show on twitter at hoopball lakers the following is a hoopball presentation hello hello and welcome to the hoopball dfs today podcast I am your host, Mike Patro, joined by my good buddy Aaron Asmus to break down this Thursday, September 17th card. Uh, we had some eventful basketball, to say the least, uh, that just took place with the overtime game and the opening series for Miami-Boston. Uh, and then we got to see the Clippers go home, Aaron. So let me get your thoughts on that. I want to you know, touch on that before we even think about talking about this slate. Uh, all the news, uh, or actually the the verbal abuse getting hurled at them on Twitterland. Uh, right. Most of it coming from Blazers players. Uh, Do you happen <laughs> to check that out? Yeah, um, I think it's it's one of those things you kind of look at. Then you you think about like you know Oklahoma City. You know they they got Shea Gilgis Alexander. They got you know I think seven first round picks, future first round picks, just to get only eliminated one round sooner than the Houston Rockets and the Clippers. So I think they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. And I mean if you're if you're a Clipper fan or or a Rockets fan, you know, you're just kinda I think you're kinda holding your head a little bit because this is kinda like, well, we're kinda tapped out on assets and, you know, there was all these chemistry all these chemistry problems that, you know, were coming out from the players in, in the post game. Um yeah, I'd I'd be I'd be really concerned <laughs> going forward because, you know, these two teams kind of had a two, you know, a two, three year window here and kind of seems like both teams just choked, honestly. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, you know, the Rockets, it's, I don't want to say we're almost, you know, used to it, uh, for, you know, from them. I don't think a lot of people had them, you know, making uh, the Western Conference finals, but it was pretty much penciled in all over the place, Lakers versus Clippers. And so the Clippers had far greater expectations and to be up right. three to one, uh, and to choke and let them come back. And then the abysmal performance from, you know, I'm not even going to put it all on Paul George. Kawhi Leonard had a pretty rough uh, yeah, rough game seven as well. Neither right. one of them can even score a point in the fourth quarter. That's, a, you know, it's not a great look. Uh, Paul George said it, you know, it was chemistry. He's in it for the long haul. Uh, I feel like we've heard that from Paul George before, though. So uh, I think, we, I think uh, he said that year one <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Yeah, exactly. He said he was going to stick around. They were going to build. Yeah, sure. Uh, no, but I, I think it's more more likely that he'll, he'll stick around with the Clippers. But yeah, yeah, man, uh, I I was loving Twitterland just seeing Dave and CJ just chirping at these guys and saying their business because you know I think uh, I think it was the Clippers that had something to say when uh, when the Blazers were on their way out. So uh, they're all celebrating in Cancun. Nonetheless, we have a new slate. We have a new series to talk about. Pretty exciting stuff over here. So we're gonna jump right into it. But quick shout out. To our presenting sponsors, if you haven't already checked out my book, you guys, 
I honestly don't know what you are doing. Go check out my bookie. Use that promo code HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, and you will uh, get a nice little deposit match. will match up to 100%. So I say nice and little, but uh, it's a pretty big one. So obviously, guys, take advantage of it. They're always doing these free contests, free money, uh, pretty much handing out some of these crazy, crazy bets they got going on over there. Uh, but check them out, HOOPBALL, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. And uh, there's, there's something else I want to talk about, guys. And it is a new presenting sponsor, some, something I'm finding a little bit more about. Um, but it is absolutely awesome. It is called uh, ExpressVPN. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys all know VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? Uh, but what I didn't know this, and I didn't know this until recently, uh, it's taken my TV game watching to the next level because you can use VPN to unlock movies and shows uh, that are only available in other countries. So uh, this is awesome, especially for all of our listeners. We have a lot of listeners all around the world. Uh, so over the weekend, I used ExpressVPN, uh, and you know, I I binged Doctor Who on uh, the UK Netflix. So it, it, you know, it it was simple. I just fired it up ExpressVPN app. I changed my location to UK. I refreshed Netflix, and that was it. Uh, see, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you are located, where to where you're located. You can choose almost a hundred different countries. So just think about it. All the Netflix libraries you can go through. Uh, plenty and plenty and plenty. If you love anime, you can switch it to Japanese Netflix uh, and just be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN is to watch shows and it's ridiculously fast. So check them out, guys. No buffering. Uh, I'm pretty pumped up about this one. This is one that I was already signed up for and signed on with. Uh, far before they became a presenting sponsor for us. So that was a mouthful, but I just wanted to get it out there because I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if you knew about it, Aaron, uh, there is so many different Netflix out there uh, that you I've just you need to take advantage of. So I'm expecting you to check it out. Let's jump into this, Sounds man. Good. We have Miami versus Boston. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, we have Miami up one nothing. Awesome game, remembered by that bam uh, out of bio block on Jason Tatum, game ceiling. We have, uh, you know, some Hall of Famers. I think it was Magic Johnson said it was the best defensive play he's ever seen in yeah. playoffs. Uh, so this game's coming in with a two oh eight and a half game total. Uh, Boston's being favored by two and a half points. Uh, why, don't you, why don't we start with this Miami team, though? Uh, yeah. And we'll start with the uh, with the backcourt. Uh, Goran Dragic is just turning back the clock. He's looking amazing. He's been, uh, you know, shout out to Dan Brespis, uh, sipping sipping some Magic Potion. Uh, looking five years younger, so a little bit of a little bit of a price tag uh, increase, seventy four hundred. You know, I'm I'm thinking I'm still stomaching that, and I'm willing to pay it, but I want to get your opinion on it. Yeah, um, I think probably my only trepidation with Drogic is, I think the direct comparison is with Kemba at eighty two hundred on the showdown slate, and he's seventy eight hundred. Um, but I think they're more or less the same play. Um, so kind of going through this series, I think kind of how I want to handle them is just kind of let people use recency bias. Uh, it, you know, in, you know, if Drogic has a really great game, they're most likely going to go to him. If Kemba has a bad game, they'll, they'll fade him. Um, but both of these guys are, you know, they're, they're shooters. They're kind of score first point guards, more secondary playmakers. 
Um, they're not really boxer steals guys. You know, they'll get in a little bit on rebounds, but not overall. Um, I think they're kind of just they have a really similar skill set and kind of similar role within these two teams as you know they're not quite the alpha but you know they're still just a significant portion of the offense um yeah i mean i think one thing that's a little concerning Drogic probably has a lower minutes floor than um than kemba does um i think they'd like to keep him probably around that 34 to 35 minute range um, which, you know, I, I think, you know, we've seen Kemba time and time again, you know, he's probably going to be around that 38 to 42. Um, but you can't argue it. You can't argue his usage in the playoffs. He's been shooting excellent. Um, and he's, he's basically their second scorer uh, behind Jimmy. And, you know, sometimes Jimmy's a little more passive. Um, yeah. So he's, he's one of the few options that I'm strongly considering for, you know, my captain core. See, and, uh, you know, I, I should have actually prefaced this. So um, I know you're looking at the showdown slate. I was actually looking at the Thursday, Friday slate that they have going on on DK. Um, I don't know oh, if you had okay. a chance to check that out. Yeah, they actually started um, combining the slates, which, you know, things can get a little risky. They do the late swap. So you do have time to change anything that you need to in the following day. So um, the combination slate is the Thursday and the Friday slate put into one. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, we don't need to go too in-depth. I, I like, actually, that you're talking about the showdown slate. So I, I, I think for our listeners, um, it would be great if you just kept breaking it down as the showdown slate. And then, you know, I'll touch on the guys I'm looking at mostly in this, you know, two-day slate. Uh, sure. It'll probably be a lot of the same guys, but they'll get both angles in both, in both you know, kind of scenarios. Right. Uh, and then, and then we, we could kind of cruise through that Denver-LA slate uh, later on just because – you know, this is what it's going to become with the podcast now. It's going to be talking about, you know, everybody that's going to be talking about the same games pretty much. Uh, okay, there's there's, gotcha. there's no chasing them anymore. Uh, but uh, I'm with you. If you're looking in that captain spot kind of issue, I think Kemba makes more sense for the showdown slate. Uh, just simply, I think he'll be lower owned. I mean, I haven't been playing Kemba uh, throughout pretty much this entire bubble. Early on, I had a couple of shares. He had a couple of decent games. And, mm-hmm. you know, fading him has been good for me. So I, I'm probably going to continue to do that on the two-game slate. I prefer Dragic over him in that one. Uh, but I'm with you. On the showdown slate, definitely a better play for Dragic, especially in GPPs for me. Yeah, agreed. Um, but just kind of taking a quick look, it's kind of the same principle I was talking about. You know, Kemba is 7,500. Dragic is 7,400. Um, so I, I think you can apply that same thing where, you know, if Drogic, you know, Drogic had the great game, I'm guessing he's probably going to be higher on than Kemba. So if you're looking for, you know, basically the same type of player, a guy who probably has a higher minutes, uh, minutes floor than Drogic does. And, you know, Kemba, his, his, his scoring is just related to how well he's shooting, he's shooting and he's, you know, he just hasn't had the shot going in the playoffs. Um, so the, I mean, that's a good way to you know, get an edge in tournaments. I'm still screaming that his knee, he's dealing with knee sores. Something's not right with him. Um, you know, yeah. he's been very, very passive as well. I mean, like the shot attempts have been down pretty much for the past few games. Uh, you know, yeah. the first opening game of the series, he took 19. Uh, but you're looking at these minute totals, you know, playing 44 minutes against Toronto in that game seven only took 16 shot attempts. 52 the game prior only took 11. Uh, 36, 15. So the shot attempt, he's been deferring is what I'm seeing. I don't know if it's injury related, but he's been struggling with his three-point shot mightily. 
Um, so, you know, it's contrarian. It's Kemba Walker. We know he can put it together. I just prefer like these ancillary pieces. I'm not, I'm saying ancillary, but these other pieces, they're not ancillary. We talk about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So those right. are the, those are the two guys uh, I'm, I'm pretty much preferring, but uh, not to get away from this. So let's continue with Miami though. Jimmy Butler, 8,400, uh, well worth this price tag. It's definitely, you know, where he should be priced over the past few games, 85, uh, and then 86. So it's actually a little bit of a decrease. The shot attempts have been down for Jimmy. Uh, and this is a tough defensive assignment. They do have plenty of bodies that they could throw at him. But with Jimmy Butler, I got to I gotta know, like, you know, what this guy can actually do on any given night. He could just take over. So 8,400, uh, shooting guard, small forward eligible. Do you see him? Uh, we'll start with the showdown. Do you see him making your showdown? I think so. Um, just kind of playing with a couple of different builds. Um, he wasn't necessarily creeping into my captain's slot as much, but um, I mean, you just you just can't argue his role. Um, kind of what I really like about this showdown slate is you, you. There's probably five, you know, five or five to seven guys who can realistically be the highest scoring uh, player on on any given day, which is kind of which is kind of unique from what you've been used to. You know the. Um, you know, I think last week or the week before we talked about the Houston Rockets LA LA series, and it's like, okay, you knew it was going to be LeBron, it was going to be Davis, it was going to be Harden, or it was going to be Russ. You know, here we we have a bunch of guys with you know just a really wide range of price outcomes where they can just easily be the best highest scoring player on the slate. Um, so I think the way I want to approach this in showdown is really kind of diversify my captain slot. And especially because we're not paying those, you know, just exorbitant prices, you know, for Anthony Davis or LeBron James, we're able to fit more of these guys a lot easier into our lineups. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be playing. I think I'm going to be playing a lot of tournaments, you know, for this Miami Boston uh, showdown slate because I, I think there's definitely an edge in kind of spreading your risk uh, or spreading your captain out. And um, whereas you know, kind of the LA series, it was just you know play Rondo basically in the captain mm-hmm. and then, you know, diversify from there. I, I, I like your take, man. Uh, I think that's a smart way to do it. And, uh, you know, if you end up with Jimmy Butler in there, so be it. I, right. I, I don't, I'm not going to knock you for playing Jimmy, uh, 8,400. I think, you know, when I'm looking at this two game slate, I'm not landing on him all that much now, but I'm not just going to say, I'm not getting any shares of Jimmy Butler. I'll find some ways to get him in there in a few lineups, uh, probably in the lineups where I'm not playing Drogic. It's just I'm looking for that guy, yeah. you know, who's going to be the leading scorer on this team. It's most likely going to be one of those two guys. Uh, and when it comes down to, you know, Jimmy Butler for me, uh, you know, very similar price tag to his counterpart, Bam Adebayo, on this slate. And I think I prefer Bam just slightly more than him uh, at like a point-per-dollar standpoint. I, I love targeting bigs going against Boston. And, you know, with the great game that he had, I think he's fully capable of, of a much better game uh, than that one that we just saw. So, I, I, you know, I think he has a little bit more in the tank. Uh, just yep. re- rebounding-wise and rebounding upside. So I will have shares of Jimmy, but I'll probably be a little bit underweight compared to the field. Uh, and then we'll talk about some of these other guys, uh, you know, Tyler Hero, um, you know, Crowder. Uh, both these guys, very similar pr- uh, price tag. 6K for Jay Crowder, 5,800 uh, for Tyler Hero. Both had excellent games in that last one, obviously. I think, you know, the uh, the overtime helped everybody out just a little bit, but... Hero almost dropping a triple-double is going to be on a lot yeah. of people's radars. And at 5,800, um, I could see him definitely drawing some ownership. Are you going to fade him, or do you see yourself having some shares? 
No, I'm um, on 5,800 I for the two game. I assume he's probably going to be close to a must play um, just because we don't have um, pretty much value on these two game sites ever. And 5,800 is essentially a value these days. Uh, but on the showdown slate, um, he, him and Marcus Smart have been two guys I've been really looking at for the captain slot that kind of just really lets me do whatever I want with the rest and, you know, fit in the Jalen Brown, the Jimmy Butler, the Bam, Kemba, you know, those guys. Um, I think I think he's more or less the starter at, at this point, you know, um, or just kind of the super sixth man. And he, he, he closes. He closes for them now. Um, he's had two monster games back-to-back. Um, I think that nine, those nine assists kind of really speak to how much they trust him with the ball. And, you know, if he's going to be a playmaker and we know his shot can get going, um, yeah, I think he's probably he's just a tremendous source of value. I don't, I don't think his role is gonna, all of a sudden going to go down again to, you know, mid-20s or something like that. Um, you know, just in a regulation game, I think you're pretty safe with 32, 33 minutes at, at a minimum. Yeah, no, I'm a, I, I was hoping you'd be on the same uh, the same train as me. I'm a Tyler Hero truther. I, I love this kid. I've been following too. him since yeah. he was in high school, man. Uh, this kid can ball, and he is no stranger from being in the spotlight and having the ball in his hands for that. You know, he's... He's yep. not afraid to take the shot. He can make it and create his own shot. Uh, and just this ability, like you said, it speaks volumes to, uh, you know, how much this front office and coaching staff trust this kid where they're letting him, you know, run wild. And it's during his rookie yep. season on this kind of stage and platform. And he does not shy away from the moment. 5800 is a fantastic price for him. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to lock him in just because I do think, you know, there is some, some merit in, uh, you know, getting away from him just because I do think the ownership will be high. Uh, but my, you know, my single lineups, my cash games, they will both yep. have him. Uh, my single entry, that is, they'll both have Tyler Hero in it. And you know, if you if you're gonna, you know, go with Jay Crowder, uh, I won't, well, I won't blame you there. Six K, he's been pretty much smacking value on that for the past, you know, three, four, five games. Uh, just very consistent. And at six K, you know, you can easily get some shares of Jay Crowder and feel comfortable about it. Um, you know, tournaments, still some, still some, I guess, some meat on the bone in that one, but. Uh, a little less interest in tournaments. Feels like a very safe cash option right now. Agreed. Um, I, I think it just says a lot about his talent and when you know a veteran coach like Spo and Pat Riley in the front office that you know they're trusting this kid with basically thirty minutes in his twenty. He's twenty years old. His rookie season. Um, yeah, I mean, if they, I don't, I, don't, I just don't see any way they just you know yank his yank his role away from him at this point he's i think he's kind of their their super six man they they need this kid right now i mean just he's pretty much gonna be uh outside of you know the three main guys bam dragic and butler he's the fourth guy he's the guy that's gonna be touching the ball the most and uh we've essentially seen duncan robinson almost start to get uh you know phased out while duncan robinson is a three-point specialist uh it could knock down shots from pretty much anywhere on the floor We, we all know this uh, they have this young kid, Tyler Hero, that's not too bad at shooting the three ball as well. And over the past three games, 40%, 43%, and 50% from three-point land. So, you know, you could get this kid out there that can knock down a three, almost an elite clip. Uh, and he's still, like you said, an excellent playmaker. And, you know, surprisingly, he's been getting chippy. 
Uh, at least eight yeah. re- rebounds in three of the last four games. It's just showing that this kid can get it done in so many different ways. And if the shot's falling, it's just upside. It's just bonus. Um, but the playmaking ability, the way that he finds his way around the rim, uh, not afraid to attack the basket either. I don't know if you've seen that sweet Euro step he had. Um, but it, it, excellent play either way. And uh, anybody else on this team that you want to talk about? You ready to shift gears over to Boston? Um, yeah, we, we touched on Jay Crowder a bit. Uh, I, th- I think Duncan Robinson is just always – he needs to be in your tournament pool. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a scary, scary low floor. But if you kind of look at that game six against Miami, you know, if if he's nailing his three ball, you know, he, he's going to stay on the floor. You know, that's, that's kind of – it's kind of the way they treat him. If he's got it going, he's going to get, he's going to get, uh, you know, probably low thirties in minutes. And, um, there's always just a real upside there. You know, he doesn't do much other than, than shoot obviously, but, um, for, you know, the cheaper tag, um, I probably wouldn't captain him. I don't, I don't think you need to be, probably don't need to go that low. Um, that could, it could be an interesting tournament play, uh, for the showdown. Um, but I would definitely keep him in your tournament pool. All right, yeah, don't blame me for that. You're right. If he could get high, I don't, I don't, yeah, probably not gonna. I don't think I'll land on him too much for the two game. Uh, but for tournaments, like you said, definitely keep him in the pool. If that kid gets hot, we know he can knock down a shot and he will stay yep. on the floor if he's that hot. It's just he's a difference maker in that kind of way. Uh, shifting over to Boston, uh, we touched on Kemba. I, I think you gave some some fair amount. I think we got your, you know, your your showdown take on him um, already. You're gonna pretty much. Probably play him, from what I'm getting, a little bit more than Drogic. Probably still have shares of Drogic here and there, though. They make great pivots to each other. Yep. Um, I'll probably stay away from him. Uh, sliding over to you know Jalen Brown over there at 7,700. You already touched on him a little bit, too. He's a guy that I have some interest in. Um, I won't go crazy on him, You know, just looking at it. and uh, I prefer Tatum over him. Um, Marcus Smart to go down, you know, 6,900 for Marcus Smart on the two-game slate. You know, those two guys, very comparable for each other. Uh, I don't think I'll pay – I don't think I'll get be overweight on either one of these guys, though, man. I mean, I don't mind Marcus right. Smart. We're starting to creep up to that price tag range where, you know, you really need him to get, you know, six or seven assists. And, you know, when the, when the three balls falling for him, he's not shy. We saw him just chucking uh, in that last right. one. And over the past three games, he's taken double-digit shot attempts from the three-point land. So, uh, and knocking him down at a pretty decent clip. Struggled in that game seven versus Toronto a little bit. But the other games, he's been rock solid. So, you know, for that reason, I, I keep him in my pool. But I just don't see myself landing on him too much. So, um, Jalen Brown, I'll probably have a little bit more shares of than Marcus Smart. But why don't you give me your feel on these guys? Yeah, I, I think this is kind of why I said this is this is a good slate to spread around your ownership. So if you know if you're if you're playing you know five to ten lineups, something like that, you know I, I wouldn't be too overly exposed to kind of any of these Celtic guys or kind of anyone in this game. Honestly, um, I just you know there's we can easily see tomorrow that you know Marcus Smart scores sixty or Jalen Brown scores sixty um, or you know it's the Tatum game or it's a Kemba game. Um, you can kind of make that argument for any of these guys. Um, and I, I think that's kind of the way to play it. It's just get some, get some exposure, get some, get some teams with all these guys, uh, for cash. I would probably on the two game, um, Jalen Brown's skill set is a little more stable and he's, he's a little bit cheaper. Um, I would probably lean Jalen Brown in cash over, over Marcus Smart. 
um, kind of the same thing with with it with the showdown slate, but in tournaments, I I think I just wanna I want to make sure I have some lineups with all these guys in it if I can with different exposures. All right, I don't blame you for that, man. Um, like you said, these guys all have some pop in them. Uh, Jalen Brown will probably draw some Jimmy Butler. It's it's not a, the easiest defensive uh, assignment or offensive assignment right. on both sides of the ball. It might wear him down a little bit. Um, Marcus Smart's actually struggled against Miami this season, though. And, oof, get it out. <laughs> now, there's nothing like the, uh, you know, podcasting, got to have a fresh glass of water or something next to you. And there's nothing like, you know, taking the, a nice sip of it to clear your throat and then choking on it. Right. Um, it's even better. You know, luckily, uh, we're doing the show together. I do a couple of, you know, solo shows and choking by yourself on a solo show, man, is not the, uh, the best you're just, the best you're just feeling, hoping, right you're hoping somebody can bail you out and you got no yeah. one there. but uh you know so that's kind of my mentality with this it's you know marcus smart price tags getting to a point where i don't like it that much jalen brown it's a tough defensive assignment so like i said i will have a couple shares of these guys but uh, I'm, I'm looking more towards uh jason tatum as my top option on boston and i don't think anybody's going to be surprised by it. i mean the dude's priced up there at 9800 uh, I'm just hoping that with some other high-priced guys now on this slate that people are a little bit deterred from him. But, it, you know, this kid's a superstar, and it should not be surprising anyone. Uh, and then the rebounds, just over the past, you know, what is it now, five, six games, this dude's just double-double and getting us the bonus. Three straight games with at least 60 DK points. Signed me up at 9,800. He's uh, one of my favorite plays on this slate. Let me get your thoughts on him, though. Uh, yeah, on the two-game, I, I think Tatum is – pretty easily the best tournament spent. Um, everyone's going to want to play the three guys on the Friday slate, you know, LeBron, Jokic, and Davis. Um, of, so of the expensive guys, I think you're going to get the lowest ownership from Tatum. And he just, he, he has the same upside as those guys. Um, you know, just the way he plays now, he doesn't come off the floor. He's the highest usage guy on the team. Uh, he has a huge box. You know, he had five blocks and steals in the last game. As you said, you know, the rebounding, uh, the re- rebounding floor has been immense. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a great call. I, I would definitely prioritize him for the two game in tournaments. And on the showdown, uh, I'm looking. I'm not looking as much in captain because he's a little expensive and he kind of he limits um, kind of just the the mid tier guys I want to play. But I think he's he's squarely in there for just just about any build. Um, and then if you want to get a little more unique, you can put him in the captain. But, yeah, I, I, I think he's, he's a tremendous play on both slates. Awesome, man. And then the, I guess the last people to talk about in Boston, uh, then we can speed through that Denver-LA game. Uh, and I say speed through just because we know uh, counterparts being, you know, I think uh, tomorrow it will be me and Brenton. Brenton, um, hey, you yeah. got it. I got it. Look at that. I did it. So we'll be we'll be touching on <laughs> we'll be touching on that game again. So just the, for the sake of not saying the same thing, and I'll you know, listeners, if you if you guys want to let us know if you guys like the way that we're doing this, because there's going to be this this kind of uh, these slates going on for the next few days, at least until these series are done. Um, so let us know. Do you guys like us just you know breaking in some showdown slate talk along with the two game slate? Do you prefer us maybe just to do the showdown every single night, like? Uh, let us know because we're just trying to gauge this towards everybody else. Uh, let you guys, you know, build your best lineups off of just getting some information early from us. Uh, this that's exactly what it is. It's an early look. It just ends up being a super early look when we're talking about the game two days from now. Right. Uh, 
you know, but Daniel Tice, last guy I guess we could really mention, 5,300, played big minutes in that last one in the overtime game, played 35 minutes. Not a great matchup, not a great point-per-minute guy, not a guy that I generally play very often, but I'll just grab your take real quick before we leave. Uh, on to the next game. Yeah, um, you, you kind of said it all. You know, he's, <laughs> he, does, he, do, he doesn't really have a ceiling. It's an incredibly tough matchup against Bam. Um, they kind of have to play him, though. Um, I think he's kind of their only... You know, Bob Williams did okay, but, you know, Tice is kind of their best option uh, to put on Bam. So, he, can, you know, he'll be, he'll be out there, you know, 30, 33, 35-plus minutes. But, I mean, you're, you're kind of just looking for your, a cash floor for, you know, 25 to 27 DK points. And, you know, maybe you're hoping he falls into some blocks and seals to get an upside. But, you know, he's not going to be shooting. He's the fifth option with virtually any 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 lineup combination um yeah so he's he, he's there if if you need him i i would prefer to look elsewhere all right brother let's slide over to the next game real fast uh denver versus the lakers uh you know the battle of la uh you know is, is no longer there <laughs> so now now it's just uh you know the Lakers got to hold it down for for the four. I know Santino is pretty stoked about this. Uh, I know he'd much rather be facing Denver. I don't know, though. Denver is hot, man. You can't take away momentum and what these guys are coming in with. But this game's coming in that is a 2-12 over under, uh, minus seven for the Lakers, seven uh, being favored for the Lakers. But we'll start with this Denver team real quick. Um, I'll, give, I'll, I'll run through the guys that I'm initially looking at right now early. Uh, then I'll just pass it over to you and get your thoughts on a few Denver guys, and then we'll swap over to the Lakers. But Jokic coming in at 10-5. I don't think I will be interested in Jokic in the first game of this series. Uh, Just, you know, price tags getting up there. I know he's coming off to some pretty phenomenal games. It's a totally different matchup, though. I talked about it before. Clippers are viable against other centers, uh, while L.A. is the complete opposite. Lakers playing probably the best defense since the bubble started and some of the best defense all year. And just the amount of bodies that they have to throw at Jokic between JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis. They can, you know, Jokic is going to get his. He's going to get his points. Don't worry about that. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely going to make it a little bit more difficult. Jamal Murray at 9K. That's just a super elevated price tag. I don't see myself landing on him either. If I had to pick between him and Jokic, I'd probably play Murray, but just understand that the floor is much, much lower. Uh, you, you know, probably better off suited for tournaments. If I'm looking at anybody on this, uh, on this Denver team, I'll be looking at some of these ancillary pieces between, you know, uh, as Santino would say, now he's going to forever get roasted. The Jeremy Grant uh, call. Yeah. Uh, so I do, I do have some interest in uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh, you know, that is Jeremy Grant, but you know, shout out to Santino, the name butcher, uh, just how versatile he is. He's been their key defender. You know, the the floor. It's low, the ceiling, not that high, but it's stable. And he does have his up and down games where if he can get you some blocks and steals. So at 4,500, I don't mind playing him. And, you know, we could see some Paul Millsap in this series. I, I think I have a little interest in Paul Millsap. It's been burning me like crazy. Uh, but at 4,400, I'm, I'm looking at some of these ancillary guys. Like I said, I'm go- I know I'm going to have some ownership in that first game. I know I'm going to have some ownership over there on the other side in L.A., uh, so when push comes to shove, I gotta yeah, I gotta make some decisions here, and I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some Mason Plumley uh, start to get get some more action. You know, playing very limited minutes in that in that Clippers series, mostly because the Clippers don't play big. Uh, it is the opposite scenario, like I just said. So he's a 
pretty decent option, I think, at 3K, minimum salary. We're talking about this two-game slate, and a guy that, you know, if he's playing 18, 19 minutes, can easily get you that sort of value and that return. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing here. I'm looking at some of these value plays. Uh, what about you? Anybody that pops off the page immediately for Denver? Yeah, um, I think for cash games, all the, these ancillary guys are really, really good. Um, Gary Gary Harris is he's kind of I think he's locked now into this thirty five minute role. Um, you know he's he's really he's really dependent on him shooting well and you know getting that three ball to drop and you know hopefully getting some blocks and steals. But I he's I think he's one of the better options to kind of grind his way to value in forty eight hundred. It's a reasonable price tag. Um, Jeremy Grant is probably going to be the primary LeBron defender. So there's definitely some inherent risk there, but he's by far their best option to defend him. Um, it's just too cheap, 4,500. I don't know. Uh, he he's shown basically no ceiling uh, throughout the throughout the Clippers series, but we know he's going to be out there as long as he can. Uh, they just they just really need his defense, and I think they'll probably need it even more in this series. I just I don't see anyone. You know, maybe they'll try throwing. A little bit of Paul Millsap on him. Um, I don't really want it. I don't think they'll try to get Michael Porter Jr. matched up on LeBron. So you're getting oh, a pretty God, safe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I think you're getting a pretty safe minutes floor there, as kind of you've seen the whole playoffs with Jeremy Grant. I really like the Paul Millsap call. Uh, I think historically he's defended Davis really well. Uh, he's his archetype as a defender is basically as good as you can hope for to. Possibly slow down Davis. You know, there's definitely foul risk, uh, foul trouble risk there. But you know, Paul Millsap, he's a guy. I, you know, I think his minutes have been so inconsistent. I think you're going to see a lot more consistency with how big the Lakers are likely going to play. Um, you know, if he's getting 25 to 28 minutes at this, you know, 4400, you know, I, I think he's definitely got to be in there for cash games. Um, outside of those three guys, I'm not too interested in Porter Jr. Um, I think I kind of want to see how they want to use him. You know, may, maybe in tournaments you can you can take a shot over kind of over Grant and Millsap in cash games. But you know, if he's higher owned, I don't I don't know. I don't really have a good read of how they want to use him in this series. And then the expensive spends, yeah, I'm de- I'm not touching Murray at nine k. I'd much rather just find the eight hundred and pay it for Tatum. You know, if I'm, if I'm spending in that price range. Mm-hmm. And then I think yeah, between Jokic, LeBron, and Davis, do you think Jokic is the lowest owned of those three? See, that's I want to say yes, but uh, I think, you know, re- recency bias might have people right. thinking otherwise. And, uh, you know, there are some center options, but, you know, if you're not playing Bam and if you're, you know, not playing Jokic, you really eliminate a lot of the other guys. Like I said, I like Mason Plumley. I, I wouldn't even mind having Mason Plumley as my center. Um, you know, even if you wanted to throw Paul Millsap in there, you can make that work. But yeah, I think a lot of people might opt to spend up. So if that's the case, I I, he, I could see Davis maybe coming in a little lower than him. I could see LeBron being the highest, then maybe Jokic, and then Davis. Yeah, that sounds correct. Um, I like your Plumley call. I think that's a really good tournament flyer there. Um, I think we can expect Javale and Dwight to kind of get back to their, you know, roughly 30 minutes combined on the floor, which, you know, that bodes well for 
getting Plumlee a little extra run. Maybe they'll do some Jokic Plumlee super big lineups in this series. So yeah, I mean that's that's I think that's pretty much it. Just kind of focus on Harris, Grant, and Millsap and Cash. Maybe Jokic if the build works. Um, and then you know MPJ as a tournament pivot off those guys. Yeah, I think MPJ uh, comes into play if you're just kind of game scripting this to get away from Denver. I think that's where I'd look at MPJ yeah. because, you know, if the game gets out of hand, his minutes will likely get increased. Uh, they're playing from behind. They'll let the young kid uh, just shoot it and chuck it. And we know this kid can score, and that's about it. He's not really uh, – he, well, he is a defensive liability at this point in this stage of his career, young stage. But, yeah, if they're chasing points, they'll be looking for that extra spark. And I could definitely see uh, MPJ getting some decent run if it gets out of hand. So – Definitely that kind of game script scenario for me. Uh, sliding over to the Lakers, I just kind of said I, I do prefer LeBron uh, personally over Davis. I don't mind either one of the $800 price difference. Uh, both are very much in play. Um, you know, we know what these guys can do. They're pretty much smashing 50 night in and night out. Uh, so sign me up. I will probably have some decent shares of both these guys with a little edge towards LeBron. Uh, Markeith Morris is somebody I want to talk about because you just touched on something I was going to allude to, which was that, you know, he's been getting decent run. But, you know, if we're going to see JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard get introduced back into this lineup, the minutes have to come from somewhere. And, you know, Markeith was somebody who in that Rocket series benefited from these guys getting benched and was able to get onto the court in some smaller ball lineup. So, you know, 3700 is a great price tag. I would, would not trust him in cash games for this reason, though. Uh, still viable, I guess, as, as a GPP play. Uh, but yeah. just proceed with caution, knowing that those minutes might come from him. And I think the best value play on the slate's got to be Rajon Rondo at 4300 uh, You know, the fact that this dude is not seeing, you know, a little bit more of a price increase from those games he was having uh, over there in Houston. Uh, you know, we saw two, two or three straight games of almost 40 DK points. That last one, he struggled. But even when he struggles, he's putting up 20. So sign me up. Rondo, I think, is just your, your free square play. Uh, yeah. for this. I, I, I get it. It's not the same situation. It was a much better matchup against Houston, higher game total, all that. Don't care. That's still a great price tag. We need value. So uh, that's the way I'm looking at this. I'll be playing the two studs. I'll be playing and I'll be playing Rondo and Danny Green's just that guy. If it makes it work at the end of your lineup, you never feel good about. But for some reason, we always land on Danny Green. Sure. Why right. not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think probably just Totally agree with everything you said. I think the thing to touch on with Rondo is, yeah, he's probably going to be the highest-owned player on the two-game slate, but don't let that deter you from putting him in your tournament lineups. Um, There's just so many limited possible winning combinations that it's more than likely Rondo at 4,300 is going to be on it. So eating the Rondo chalk isn't necessarily a bad thing especially kind of in these lower lower entry, lower-sized tournaments. And he gives, you, he gives you the best upside. So find ways to be different around Rondo than fading Rondo on this slate. Absolutely, broski. Well, that's all we have for you guys. That's it. Quick little breakdown. You got a little showdown action. We got a little two-game slate. I kind of threw a curveball over there at Aaron. Uh, I guess that makes that makes it a bad host on my part. I should have sent you some some notes of what we were going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. We ripped it though. We got through. It was good. It was good. Uh, you know, that's it though. Thank you guys for listening. If you could, real fast, give us a little thumbs up, rate, and review, a five star. It means the world to us. 
uh, we see those positive comments, and then we can also uh, adjust the way that we do things to cater to you guys and make this the best kind of show for you. Uh, that's what we do it for. We do it for the fans, man. We do it for the fans. Uh, and then if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R. IA, you can find Aaron at Asmus Sports, A S M U S S P O R T S. Did I get it right? Boom. Yep. I'm, getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting the schedule and the Twitter <laughs> names. You know, you think after 40, 50, 60, or 500 shows I'd record, uh, I would get that down a little sooner. But uh, that's all we have for you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It'll be me and Brett and breaking down again, possibly the showdown slate and the two game one. Uh, let's go out there. Let's crush some GPPs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.